Everything's under control. Situation normal. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Florida Man Plays X-Wing. I am your host, as always, Steve Sesnick, and I am joined to my right by the Reverend Joe Laporta. What's going on, Joe? Oh, man, I am planning on having a brief grape session right after we introduce our other host. Excellent. All right. So we will introduce our other host so we can get to that. Uh, <laughs> also, I also, we start the episode with it, you know, so that it's all, you just, know, just get it out yeah, there. It gets, you know, it gets the negativity out. Yeah. You know, gets that all out and then, you know, we get it all, out and, calm, then, move, and then move cool, on. Collected. Yeah. All right. And then <laughs> also with us tonight, as per the usual, is Carlos Ramirez. What's up, man? I don't have a gripe fest uh, prepared for tonight. Am I like, did I come up prepared? I, I don't have a specific gripe fest, but one might come up. You never know. Okay. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm always down to bitch about something. Yeah. Car- Carlos, do you ever feel like that maybe Steve doesn't think we appreciate him because he refers to himself as his as always coast? As like as if we just don't like appreciate his presence enough. Steve, you do a good job on this podcast. Thanks. You need to sell yourself a little better. You need to be like the host with the most or you know the host and the, the most the host, you know, that sees ghosts in his toast or you know. He is our fearless um, leader. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like I, our I, fearless leader. I, I just feel like I'm just I, like I'm just always here. I Maybe don't know. Read one point, you know, reporting it or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, actually, I, um, I think the best uh, the best compliment I, I've received so far was uh, uh, from Dominic at at Worlds, where he called me Florida's X-wing dad. Florida's X-wing dad. Oh. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, like, he knew how irresponsible you are. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You're like um, our real dad. Yeah. <laughs> So no no uh, like I, I I tend to I tend to get into the organizing I, I'm an I'm an organizer to a certain degree. You're a booster. Yeah. So uh, that's that's so it's what's fine. I have I enjoy, I enjoy doing it. So oh, actually I I like that as a that is a very nice compliment. I like that. Yeah yeah. But now that we've got all the things I like out of the way. Okay, go ahead. Okay, let's let, listen. Let's start with this. Okay. Okay. I have any number of holiday traditions that make me very happy. Uh huh. I. Have a very nice, very fancy two dollar hat I got from the the one spot at Target. Yeah, which is falling apart, but I still wear it every year. It's a nice little felt top. You had that for a long time. How long? I have. How it's, long have you had that? Oh, eight, ten years maybe. Yeah, I, like, I feel like I I I can't remember a Christmas with, without you wearing it. Yeah, every point. year I accuse my wife of having lost it. She's <laughs> like, "Did you?" I'm like, "Did you lose that last year?" She's like, "No, I know right where it is. It's in the garage. That's the Christmas stuff." <laughs> I'll believe it when I seize it. So that's one of my traditions. <clears throat> yes. Another one of my traditions is I celebrate Fridge Day every year. Yeah. Carlos, are you familiar with this concept? Fridge Day, no. Fridge Day. Do you remember the show Dinosaurs? Yes, I do. The, uh, with the Jim Henson show with the, the puppets and Very everything? Very fond. Yep, yep. <laughs> yes. I love that show dearly. And every year, well, th- there was a Christmas episode for that, but you couldn't have Christmas on the dinosaurs because Jesus wouldn't have been born for another, like, you know. A few million years. Yeah, like 5,000. Only 6,000 years. 6,000 years, yeah. 6,000 yeah. 6, years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, he wouldn't have been born for millions of years, so it'd be <laughs> anachronistic to have like a Christmas episode. <laughs> so the dinosaurs had Fridge Day instead. Mm-hmm. Fridge Day celebrating the invention of the refrigerator, which is the one device that caused dinosaurs to be able to settle down and no longer have to like, yeah. you know, be nomadic and search for food. And it was the basis of all modern society. Yes. So they, you know, they had a celebration of it. It's a great episode. It's the best episode ever, and we celebrate it every. Well, this will be the third year in a row I've had Fridge Day at my my house. We yeah. build little gingerbread fridges. Yes. We decorate the fridge. There's a little pageant, um, which maybe Steve will release videos of on the internet in case anybody wants to really laugh at the dumb stuff we do when we're not doing <laughs> that, dumb stuff on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you think the stuff we do here is dumb, wait <laughs> oh, till yeah. you see this. You should. 
The dumbest part of the Fridge Day pageant, which is like a celebration of dumb things, uh-huh. is Steve and I last year put together a coloring sheet for it. Yes. Which has like the world's easiest connect the dots. It just makes the rectangle that is a fridge. <laughs> it's a connect the dots to make a refrigerator. And then, like the world's <laughs> most needlessly hard like word search. We did like 25 like rows by 25 columns. It's like just. <laughs> I almost forgot how into making that, that worksheet I got. I got really into it. Uh, <laughs> the coloring sheet is beautiful. Yeah. But, but anyway, so I have a third holiday tradition because we haven't gotten to the complaining yet. Okay. And I don't know if anybody else does this. This will be one of those things where it would be like, Joe is really like stretching to complain about this one. But usually on Thanksgiving Day, when I can't stand to watch my fantasy football team lose anymore. Yeah. Which, man, this year was a long one for that one. But does anybody else like look forward to the fantasy flight? holiday sale uh, yeah yeah and it was like did anybody else notice it's not there this year they just didn't do it what a what a crock of shit i mean i remember that's that's kind of like what i'd, ne- I'd never because i wasn't really big into board gaming or anything like right. way back in the day and my first introduction to fantasy flight games was you showing me the fantasy flight games holiday sale because i get excited because you got it. excited about it's it it's a tradition year. for yeah. me i've done it I've, I've gone on there for years and bought like it, I have like an entire Tannhauser collection. I have all the Mutant Chronicles minis game stuff. I have, you know, a Nexus Ops board game. I got the Conan board game. I bought all these great games for like yeah. next to nothing because no one wanted them. And it's like my Christmas <laughs> gift to me. It's pretty much my Christmas list. I just put together a shopping cart on there. Yeah. And show my wife where it is. Yeah. And she buys me games that I have no time to play, but I sit there and fiddle with the bits for it and I enjoy it thoroughly. Yeah. And they just didn't do it this year. Yeah. I think, you know, she partially does it for herself, too, because you know how she likes to punch out the cardboard. She does. Yeah, that is. She she loves punching out cardboard. I've used that as an excuse to buy several more, like, <laughs> starter sets for Keyforge. Like, but you can punch out the... I've, the I've saved cardboard punch-outs for Tiffany to do. <laughs> She's... Because she, she loves... She genuinely loves excited yeah, about she this. gets genuinely excited about punching out the cardboard. <laughs> but, like, even, even the Cool Stuff's Christmas sales this year are, like, random and terrible. Yeah. Like, I go on there. That's the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is go on Cool Stuff and see what's on sale. Yeah. But, like, they've been terrible. They've been weird, like, obscure board games that, you know, mm-hmm. not board games, though, like, war games yeah. that I've never even heard of or have any interest in whatsoever. <laughs> like, Minis Mart one, I guess, is kind of cool if you really like cool mini or not. Yeah. But, like, I don't. So, you know, I'm on the not. I don't know. If it, they shouldn't have given me the option on that one. No. It, no, don't ask. Don't ask me questions. Yeah, your, don't ask my name opinion of your if you're not, like, prepared for it. Yeah, yeah. And besides, <laughs> their name is stupid because, like, it should be pronounced... They pronounce it Simon. Yeah. When it should obviously be pronounced. Come on. Come on. Come on. You know what I mean? Come on. Like, they really missed the boat on that one. Yeah. Yeah. But it really bothers me. It's uh it's like I've been like looking for it every day, being like, now will be the day. And instead, like, what have they announced in this past week? Let's see. An expansion to a Game of Thrones trivia board game that reminds you that you hate season eight. Yep. You see they even took that down today? They posted that article this afternoon when I got home, it was gone. Oh really? Yeah, even they're ashamed of season eight. Yeah. Like we're ashamed of the board game we made based on season eight. <laughs> That's how bad it is. Yeah. And then, like, they announced, I don't know, some paint. Yes. Which actually is part of the Fridge Day episode. Uh, there's a little song there. Uh, we wish you a happy Fridge Day. We wish you a happy Fridge Day. We wish you a happy Fridge Day. So come in and buy paint. Yes. So, so like, it's, so come in and, and buy, buy paint. paint. <laughs> <laughs> which makes me laugh the year over. But that that's the gripe I had to get out. Carlos, have you ever gone on like the Fantasy Flight holiday sale and just bought like I haven't. I didn't Star even Wars sleeves are like a dollar. You know no. What I mean? No, I didn't know. I wasn't aware that they had a sale. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's usually like a. I, I I've completely given up on holiday shopping. Besides my wife, my beautiful wife, who's packed up like eight hundred presents for everybody else, and I'm like, I'll shop for you. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Besides that, I'm like, I just you could have got her board games. Oh, I did, I'll get her a bunch of stuff. I, I did a little bit of uh, self self holiday shopping today. <laughs> My brother does that. Yeah, I had the uh, well. I, I think I I mentioned him on the podcast a few weeks back or month month or so back. Um, the artist CJ Drayden, who did my Darth Vader print up there or Darth Vader painting up there. Yep. He uh, he's getting out of the pop art game apparently. Right. So he's 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 opening his own like gallery and just doing like uh, his own um, original work. Okay. And uh, so he's so he's. Th- basically doing half off on all commissions through the end of the year and uh, so i got uh i got uh, an emperor palpatine and a and a thrawn to go along with my vader i am actually believe it or not getting a piece of his art for christmas but i don't know what it is because all i got was the ebay notification from his store today my wife <laughs> must have used my account yeah so like, as i'm driving home it's like you uh, you owe some money to cj it's, Trade. it's funny because like, i wasn't I it's funny because i wasn't going to say anything because i saw her message him on facebook about it <laughs> did you really yeah because she because she commented on one of his no, things don't tell, me, don't tell me what it is no i don't know what it that'll is be, she, she didn't say what it was but i knew she was getting you something that'll be the surprise I'll i was like, going to say mm, i don't know what it is yeah. but i know at least well i see that box about like, i bet I know. Yeah. So now, so so now I've, I've, I'm going to have the triptych of uh, the Emperor in the middle and Vader and Thrawn on either side. Ah, oh, that'll be sweet. I think it's going to be pretty rad. Nice. I'm excited. Did you hear the Boba Fett one yet? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the so Vivian broke the Boba Fett yeah, one. Yeah. This yeah. This replacement. Company. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's on the way. Ah, yeah. Gosh. So. So you're basically like the Emperor from uh, Adult Swim, or what's the uh, Robot Chicken? Yeah. It's like, oh, last time I saw you, you were so excited about your Death Star. <laughs> yeah. Building another one, don't ask. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if you can't tell, if you're listening to this like months from now, this is the almost Christmas and almost uh, this is, Rise of Skywalker episode. Yeah, yeah. And we're in, in the second half, we're probably going to talk some some Star Wars uh, Episode 9 prep. Because I know, I know Carlos and I have been doing some Episode 9 watching pre-watching prep. Yep. I'm assuming you have as well, Joe. I have the holiday special just on just loop on at loop. my house. Yes. Yeah, that's got the most important information. <laughs> I've seen B. Arthur belt out the hits of the 70s at least yeah. 100 times. I know that, uh, I know, I know Carlos, and Carlos, I know you've been doing it because I keep seeing your Facebook posts about <laughs> yeah. the uh, yeah, with your seen, reviews I've, of the movies. For what it's worth, you've seen all f- my Facebook posts too. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> all uh, zero. zero. Yeah. It's been fun just seeing at least uh, everybody. You know, everybody has different opinions, different experiences. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's what's been fun about it. But yeah, I wanted to do a rewatch. Um, I chose on doing it, you know, chronological. So it was. It's been fun. Yeah. Price Strikes Back's next. Can't wait. I am also doing chronological, but I accepted uh, Charlie Hicks' uh, challenge. Uh, it wasn't really a challenge. He just posted that he was going to do it, and then I just said challenge accepted. But I am I am doing all Star Wars video content, so that includes Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, Where are you at right now, then? I am on season five of Clone Wars. Okay, so you're a little behind, my friend. Um, you sure you're gonna make it through all the way till next uh, week? I'll, I'll make it. Joe knows. Joe knows my. Steve is a power, I, powerful, powerful I a, television. I'm a power. I'm a power. Like I am, I've never been impressed of someone sitting around as, as, as immensely as I am of watching him. Like, 
binge television. Yeah, I thought so, about it too. Like, next they're a professional eaters. He's that. a professional watcher. So yeah, so I'm on season five of Clone Wars. There's only, and I, I actually I'm on season five, episode like 18 or something. And there's only six seasons, and the sixth season only has 13 episodes. So, so once you're done with that, you once watch. I'm done with Clone Wars, then I then I get to because I already did Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, doing Clone Wars, yep. then Revenge of the Sith, Solo, yep. then Rebels, which is yep. only what, Rebels is only five seasons, and I can't remember how many episodes they had per season, but it was less than Clone Wars. I'm pretty sure. I think it was more in, in the like thirteen to fifteen, right um, and then uh, and then Rogue, Rogue One, One, the yep. original trilogy. And and the last two two movies. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm actually. Well, I've been watching. I'm not gonna watch rewatch the first season of Resistance because I actually just watched that not that long ago. So I don't feel like there's like, and I'm in the middle of watching season two right now because it's coming out now. And then you have to go to Galaxy's Edge. And then I do. uh, Yeah, I'll go to Galaxy's Edge next year. That's (laughs) that's the next year thing. But but yeah. So anyways, I'm I'm watching everything. Uh, yeah, I'm obviously watching Mandalorian as it comes out right now, and Resistance as it comes out right now. So, anyways, that's Star the Wars, that's Star my Wars. that's my Star Wars binging that I'm doing in the next uh, you know week here that I've got to power through. The, the the big thing is just powering through the two shows. It's it's Clone Wars and Rebels. When, once you power through those, the, that, that's it's, be the rest of it's pretty easy to get through. Well, I don't know though, because like you say, you have one more season of of uh, what call it? Clone Wars. Yeah, Clone Wars. That's what. That's about five hours, probably. It's thirteen episodes, about twenty-two minutes a piece. Yeah, so it's about two movies. Because I mean, yeah, I, was, I watched uh, Last Jedi and um, Force Awakens the other day. I forgot they're all like two and a half hours. They're yeah. not short movies. No, the Star Wars movies are all, you know, two hours plus. Yeah. So, uh, Last Jedi, I believe, being the longest one yet. I think Last Jedi is the longest one yet. But, anyways, all right, so. We're gonna talk things? some X-wing stuff. Yep, yep. Um, so we just had the PAX unplugged system open happen. Um, Paul Heaver is our is our new system open champion. He'll add that to his uh, CV. He'll add that to add that to his mantle, um, his mantle of trophies. And uh, there's been some other big tournaments that have happened, and I and I think. We don't have all the um, uh, the listings for all, all the lists for Pax Unplugged they haven't been posted on List Fortress yet. I know what we know what Paul and Duncan played in the final final match, which was a really great match. If you have a chance to go back and watch it, that one got streamed on something, right? On Gold Squadron, yes. And so, they have a they have a Twitch that you can go and find. You us. can go to their Twitch, or and I'm sure it'll get posted up on their YouTube channel. It's um, eventually. I think he posts. They they post on YouTube a little bit behind because I th- I think the idea being that if you're a Twitch member, you get to watch you get to watch their stuff a little bit earlier, and then okay. if if you if you aren't paying them anything, you have to wait a week or two. By the way, every anybody that was patiently waiting for my world's uh, stream video is it which up? Is basically just me. Uh, no, what? they lost it. Um, oh. Unfortunately. They lost yeah, it. So, yeah, that table uh, apparently got the data file got corrected for oh, the no. whole day. Oh, um, that sucks. So, my win, my, I think that might have been some my first stream game win. That uh, last one was uh, against you, against Steve on that uh, during Swiss. Um, yeah, at the regional, but then yeah. you beat me, and I, I won the won important one. one. <laughs> yeah, you won the important one. They rematch. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's all right. That's yeah, a I would have wanted to watch that. My qualification to day two is now lost. For yeah, 
I just, I just watch. I got to watch you from the bleachers. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You guys were fun. Yeah, but um, I don't remember just looking you... up there every now and then and just going like, "Yeah, please don't embarrass me." And then I looked at myself. And <laughs> then I'm you like, look back up there and like Travis has his shirt me. up and just like showing you his. <laughs> Carlos, Carlos, just you, just wor- don't just worry about not embarrassing yourself. Don't worry about us. That's what I was saying. Like I was like, <laughs> just, yeah, you can't control what we do. Like, Wait a That's second. been made abundantly clear. <laughs> yeah. Well, so the main reason I wanted to see the video was because at one point my wife called me and it was like uh, Jake's bedtime, so. You know, she video chatted me and, you know, Jake's like in there holding the phone. And I'm pretty sure I put the phone down like on the table as I was like putting dials or moving ships or something. So like I was I was trying to get it so I can uh, show it to my wife and be like, look, Jake made it to uh, <laughs> next week. Final stream, <laughs> a world stream. So um, but yeah, so I was just I wanted to see the video because I like I felt really bad for Tim because I was just like, sorry, my wife's calling. My kids yeah. going to bed and all that stuff. Not, not trying to be an ass, but I am. Like, I know this seems like an important moment to you, but like a call from my kids more important. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so. Yeah, not true that. So we had uh, so obviously okay. So we had final round at Pax Unplugged. We had uh, Paul Heaver ended up winning against Duncan Howard, and uh, Mr. Heaver was flying. Um, so it was seven Trade Federation dro- drones. Uh, I believe four with uh, grappling struts and three with discord missiles and then uh, Chertek with ensnare and uh, treacherous so this is um, this is quite the list uh, <laughs> it's it's really good it's um, it's it just it's so much it's just it's just so much. I, I, I eight ships and one of them being a, a pretty damn solid uh, ace, basically, uh, you know, a, a closer uh, with Chertek is, um, I think, I, I think it's pretty ridiculous, actually, to no, be um, that you can fit all that together. Details, what does Chertek do? He's one of the Nantexes, right? Chertek is a is an initiative four Nantex, and okay. when um, his ability is that when he's shooting at something that is tractored, he gets to reroll two defense, two uh, two attack dice. Okay, yeah, that seems reasonable. So, and those things have what three attack dice out the they have the th- bullseye, three out the bullseye, the arc. two out the mobile arc, and the mobile arc can't go back, cannot go backwards. Okay, only sides okay. and front. So, uh, yeah, so it's Chertek's ability is super strong. Um, I think uh, it's obviously you can't get quite as much offensive pop with him necessarily with the, as you can with Sunfak. But uh, he, re, I don't know. I, I, I beg to differ. I mean, re-rolls or, or well, modification I'll, that he's missing. I, I'm saying he doesn't have as much potential. Right. Just You know what I mean? The, the, uh, the re-rolls, I think, make him much more consistent. Right. I think both of them are good. The max... So the max damage is higher, obviously, on some yeah. part because yeah. of the extra die. But he's much more consistent. So over yeah. time, he'd probably do more damage. Probably, yeah. Uh, than um, than Sunfuck does. Yeah, he's very solid. Yeah, but I mean, I think both of them. You can't you can't underestimate. They're both good. How much more offensive they are because they do their things against something that naturally has minus one defense. Yeah, you right. know what I mean, they're basically wedge. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, they're they're both very good. So the and then y- y- having treacherous in there. Basically, just allows you to throw Chertek in the middle of the swarm. So Chertek just lives inside the swarm, and you you're, you you can't really. I mean, you can shoot at him, but the chances. I mean, it's you, it's it's tougher to get that damage through. So 
so treacherous is that when you're getting shot, uh, when you're being shot and it's an obstructed shot, it's obstructed by another ship, whether it's your ship or an opponent ship, uh, you can give that ship a strain in order to get an extra evade. Yeah. And it's a, it's a single charge, but it recharges every time one of your, one of your friendly ships dies. So here, here's where some of my frustration starts, you know, going through is like, okay, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's, it's very that solid. That sounds a lot like dedicated. Why yeah. is dedicated a reroll and this is an automatic evade? Yeah, <laughs> What's right. the difference in cost? Yeah. Uh, hit me up. What's dedicated do? This will be one of those like educational for people that aren't up to everything. kind of. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have to look up dedicated because I don't is remember it exactly what it does. See played I'm against you it up. I've, never, I've never played against it, no. And dedicated is a little bit harder to trigger if uh, my mind uh, is memory is correct uh so dedicate is one point while another friendly ship in your side arcs uh are at range zero to two uh defends if it is limited or has a dedicated upgrade and you are not strained you may gain one strain token if you do the defender rerolls one of their blank results yeah uh so that's a reroll. now you know this one is a little bit different uh treacherous is two points it's one charge so while you defend, you may choose a ship obstructing the attack. You read that earlier. Um, after a ship at range zero to three is destroyed, recover it. So more or less, you're gonna get it back. You know, yeah. those, those vultures. You're gonna are get gonna it back, die. even that like range restriction is not as restrictive. It's one yeah. more range and out of every arc. I'm not sure that matters, <laughs> but it might. And um, yeah. Did that get the dedicated get affected by the change to strain? The the like the sidelong fin nerf. Uh, I don't think that really no it didn't affects really it in any way. You didn't strain the ship that got shot. No, you were straining no. the ship that had the, that had was the dedicated that was helping the other other ship defend. Okay, right. I always get confused on that one, and maybe it's because a it's probably because I'm dumb, and b possibly because there's like a reference to a different ship also having dedicated or something. Yeah, isn't there yeah. some like chaining it by there's, having a bunch of ones that have? Yeah, because you can because you can use it with either a non-unique ship. Or right. a ship that has a de- ha- that also has dedicated. So like you could put dedicated on a unique guy, and he could take strain and, for other people or something. Or he could, or right. he could, uh, another another guy with dedicated could help the guy, a, a unique guy with dedicated on him. Okay. So it's kind of like it's it's a weird chaining thing. Basically, yeah, all it means I, I, is that I actually don't get it, and it's confusing. Yeah, it's. I, I think that that card is that that's an overly confusing card. Yeah, uh, I mean, maybe for other people it's not, but for me, man, that's. I mean, I can figure it out, but it's. But it's, have it's, to. Uh, it's more it's more to figure out than it should be. Well, plus I'm like figuring it out for one defensive reroll. Yeah. But hey, I mean, I think realistically, it's it's really just worded the way it is, so that you can't, so that you can't use it to help Jedi. Um, that I think that's really all it comes down to. I can see that. So, because um, dedicated is a talent, right? That's correct. Yeah, so the, so the, none of the Jedi can so take none it. None of the Jedi can use it. <clears throat> yeah, so I think that's literally the why it's worded that way, just so that, that you that can't use it to help, to help out the Jedi. Jedi don't seem very dedicated anyway. Yeah. When the going gets rough, they tend to retire to some backwater planet. Yeah, but the thing is... Like the usually co- when they've screwed up a Skywalker, the first thing they do is be like, oh, I'm, I'm the hell out of here. <laughs> I'm out. They're the deadbeat, they're the deadbeat uh, mentors of the yeah. Star Wars galaxy. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, I tried to train a Skywalker, and that went poorly. I'm the hell out of mm-hmm. here. Yeah, so so with this list, you basically got a Wait, max. Did I actually spoiler alerts for that? Did we, just, did we do Star Wars spoiler alerts on the show? For what? For what? The, uh, the Skywalkers have a bad attitude. No, and that's, that's uh, not a spoiler. Whenever you try to train one, it's usually the end of your career. No, no. My, it's like being the coach my, uh, of the Browns. 
<laughs> Good lord. Not entirely. That was, that was a shot at Belichick. You know it was. I, I was about to say, like, why would that be a <laughs> shot at Belichick? Being yeah, because, yeah, that's the end of his career. Yeah. Cheating against the Bengals. Good lord. <laughs> it wasn't cheating against the Bengals. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, so cheating against the, the Browns. Which one's more noble? That wasn't, that wasn't the football operation, for Christ's sake, people. This is the dumbest fucking thing. It, it was the goddamn website crew that was filming like some sort of like random ass thing that had nothing to do with the football operation. I found the, I found the only way to get Steve to stop talking about X-Ray is to make fun of the Patriots. Blah, blah, blah. This they were a, filming for football operations, but they were filming a sideline when they were doing head signals. They were, filling, they were filming things. a uh, yeah, tutorial for not, blah, blah, if blah, not, blah, blah. If they're not filming for football operations, those those guys aren't thinking about that. They're just the film crew out there shooting shit. Yeah, Whatever. There's a video. They can just yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. are we going to be able to edit this out of here? I mean, I could, but why would I? Because uh, I was going to have to be like, oh, they were just... Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh Jesus! Jesus! All right, we might have to edit that one. Oh. You should definitely edit that one. Out. Okay, God, God damn it, Joe! You're gonna make me fucking edit. Son of a bitch! You know I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna bleep. I'm just gonna bleep it. That's gonna be one long. Because I want everybody to hear my Dang. bitching about you having to make me edit things. Oh. Uh, I missed you guys. <laughs> So. Hey, but, um, <coughs> so somebody did one of these not with Chertek. I know it because it's on the screen up there. That I actually really kind of like with Dooku. Yeah. Kind of the same idea. A bunch of Trade Federation drones with grappling struts doing swarmy things. That's yeah. what they do. But instead of like Chertek, I really like the Count Dooku with heightened perception. I actually had put together a list with that before. Yeah. Because I like the idea of being able to take your shot at the beginning with him, hit something, and then just go straight into cloak mode. Yeah, and then just be a big fat body with three defend dice and force tokens. Yeah, like, I mean, they can try to mm-hmm. shoot you at that point, but like, oh no, that's a super. That's also a that's super, a super tanky solid build. version of the list. I mean, it's, what are the other things in there? What does Grievous do again? I remember I like him. Grievous is the one that uh, I think he just gives you an evade, basically. No, or he just like cancels. Oh, wait, a, is wait, he cancel a hitter or a crit? The crew. Yeah, yeah Grievous, Grievous crew. He cancels a hit or a crit, right? Uh, you can't. Yeah, you cancel a hit or a crit, and uh, it's basically a shield. When, a when do shield. you do that? Yeah, you do that after everything's been rolled and everything. It's a modifier. Uh, yeah, it's a modif- not a modifier, I guess. So it'll be a um, after roll, so during the result step. Okay, that seems good. And yeah. you get it back sometime, don't you? Don't you get yeah, it back if somebody else dies? It says while you defend, you after, do, yeah, it's after the neutralized results step. Yeah, so it's kind of like in the same right. place as crack shot. It's a reverse crack Correct. shot. Right. So if you, yeah, so if there are two or more hit or crit results, you can spend one charge to cancel a hit or crit. Oh, very clever. I like yeah. that. Yeah. And then it, it has the same thing as treacherous uh, after kind, kind of sort of. After, There's no shit if, they can play both, though, right? Uh, they don't have any as crew and talent. Yeah, maybe, uh, hold on. Maybe one of the, a bomber? Maybe one of the, uh, I don't think the bombers have, I don't think the bombers have crews. Maybe one, one of them, them does. Crew, they have, they have such weird ass. I don't know, but anyways, I don't know, that'd be good anyway. Yeah. So just, Grievous, uh, yeah. So Grievous is, and then he has the same kind of thing. So after a friendly ship is destroyed, he recovers the charge. But being able to like cancel a hit None and have, have three cruise, attack, you know, or having three defend dice for being cloaked. Yeah, that seems really good. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's. And super then what's good. the um, what's the relay that he has on this? This is by the way, this is a. Uh, Zan Yaoling limbs. Yeah, list. so so uh, yeah, he won the Australian System Open and the Singapore Grand Championship. 
Um, oh, he won two different ones? He won two different ones oh, with two different separatist lists. And uh, both of them, however, did contain... Uh, oh, no, never mind. I'm sorry. That's Grievous, not... Um, not uh, not the Grievous Not Dooku. Yeah, yeah, Grievous I got pilot. confused there. But, um, but yeah, so he, he, he won the Singapore Grand Championship and the Australian System Open with two different separatist lists. What was that... Um, what was the tactical relay he was playing the other guy? He was playing K two B four. So before what? K two B four is the one. Uh, yeah, right. While a friendly ship at range zero to three defends, it may spend one calculate token. If it does, add one evade result unless the attacker chooses to gain one strain token. That seems good. Right? Yeah, it's a solid one. It's it's. Um, I've seen that one played a few times. It. It, I like that in combination with the oh the other thing I forgot to mention too is that um that Dooku infiltrator also has the uh, tractor beam on there yeah so he's doing the same thing where he basically paints the target on a guy for the entire swarm to light up yeah if that guy tries to retaliate in any meaningful way you're like get a strain on top of that and then he's like well great I quit yeah uh yeah no Gr- Grievous is super good and that's a very good list but um that seems cool I like that yeah. So then you also have, uh, uh, so, it's, so it's at the Singapore Grand Championship and at the Australian System Open, it was a, it was a rematch at the final table with um, uh, uh, Zhan Yong Lim and Octor Khan. Oh, um, really? Yep. They, they both, they both was the same, uh, they played different lists, but it was a, it was a, it was a head-to-head rematch for uh, in, in both tournaments. That and the same crazy. result both times with um, Zhan winning and Octor coming in uh, second. So at the at the Singapore Grand Championship, Octor Khan played uh, a Seer Swarm. So Captain Seer TA-175, Solus One, and then a bunch of trade trade fed drones with a couple of Discord missiles. So uh, yeah, I, I do think it's interesting how much the Discord missiles have have kind of popped up. Is that the one that like has the swarm attached to you? And- yeah, yeah. So it, when they first came out, you didn't see you didn't really see them at all, and then I think at I know at Worlds, they started to pop up quite a bit. There was a lot of people running them at Worlds. And then you're seeing more and more of them now after, you know, post-Worlds. But um, they're, they're just, they're, they're, very, they're a lot better, I think, than people originally thought. And I, I think, especially now that people are kind of figuring out how to use them. Because it's, it's more an area denial thing than anything else. Because okay. it's, it's, it's essentially a trajectory simulator bomb kind of a thing where you you get to launch something out but it's like something that sticks to you and deals damage over time or something yeah it sticks to you and it deals uh it deals one crit every round that it's attached to you does that go through i think it's in the end phase is it a face of card or is like no it's it's just a it's just a take a crit damage so yeah um so it so it deals that so it deals that crit to you constantly if you don't get rid of it and the the way you know you have to keep flying through it you can barrel roll off of it or if you fly, isn't it yeah. some? If you fly, if you fly somewhere where there's something in front of you that it can't fit, it because it can't be overlapped, then so it has you to. Ram go, it in, so it? yeah, so then it has to go to your back, and then you can fly away you, from it the yeah. next turn because you don't overlap it again. So um, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's got some kind of weird rules to it, but um, when you can put two or three of them in a, in a list, it, it creates some kind of interesting area denial stuff that and decisions for for your opponent to make where they have to think about the fact that that might be coming at them so hey guys yeah real quick we forgot yep. about something what's that what you drinking man oh yeah we got so far ahead of ourselves 
<laughs> I went straight into the ranting. Usually I save that yeah, for yeah. several minutes in. Joe, what are you drinking? Man, Steve and I both appear to be drinking the Samuel Adams Winter Lager. Yes. Because yesterday was a, uh, a cold, wintry day here in Florida where it dipped down to about 81. Yeah, um, yeah. And then today was... <sighs> I put my jacket on. And today was classic Florida winter where yesterday it was 81 and today it, it was like... 60. It was like 60. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It felt great, too, because I was expecting yeah. it to still be 81. And I was like, mm. <laughs> For everybody on the podcast that doesn't know, my work doesn't have air conditioning. And because it doesn't have air conditioning, it also doesn't have heat. Yeah. Which has been real fun. <laughs> Carlos, uh, what you drinking, man? I got uh, some Pulp Friction from Motorworks Brewing over cool. at the... Uh, West coast of Florida area. So shout out to my uh, St. Petersburg, Tampa friends. I'm sure that's close by. What the, what kind of beer is it? Um, it is, what, uh, I'll, I'll let you take a guess. It's an IPA. It? Friction? So <laughs> it with pulp, I'm essentially, I bet it's a citrus type thing, isn't it? There you go. A citrus, so a citrus IPA? IPA? Uh, it is grapefruit. Yeah. I actually like grapefruit, I you. I think citrus cuts like that that hoppy bitterness enough where I'm happy. Mm-hmm. It's like you need almost two strong competing flavors at the same time. Yeah. So, all right. Back to the X one. Um, interruption. Yeah, that's all right. No, no, no. You didn't for me at all. I'm gonna get another beer. I'll yeah. be right back. So, so we've got. Um, yeah, so we've got. Uh, if you, you probably noticed a theme here, we're, we're we're talking about the things that are doing well in the in big tournaments since Worlds, and a lot of them, uh, you know, we uh, contain separatist lists. <laughs> um, we go back a little bit further here to the uh, U.S. Grand Championship in St. Louis, and the winner here is Doug Howe with um, Sun Fock, Crackshot, and Snare, and a bunch of Trade Federation drones with grappling struts. So he had one, two, three. He had six trade fed drones with grappling straps. So you know, Sunfock, you can't you, you you can't quite fit the eight or the the full eight, but you know, a seven seven ship swarm uh, is still pretty damn pretty damn good. Is it mostly uh, trade uh, swarms uh, that are doing well? They're low low yeah count lists that are doing well too. What are you talking about the for separatists? Are any of their low count lists doing yeah. well? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. There's some of them are popping up here. Like I think um, when they first came out, there were well, two. I mean, like uh, Zian, um in, in Singapore at the Singapore Grand Championship, he was flying a four ship version. Okay. So it was kind of like um, it's it was kind of similar to the uh, to the Sunfact Chertek Grievous list, except. Right. Uh, you took out Sunfak for just a regular Patronaki Arena Ace, and um, and then also uh, that gives you enough points to add in DBS 404 with Advanced Proton Torps, Afterburners, and Landing Struts. So you get an extra ship, and um, you know you get another. You get a guy that can has has some kind of neat tricks uh, to be able to to be able to pop some big damage if you if you. If you 404, don't see it he's the guy that takes damage to roll one extra at range one or something? Yeah, and, or range, because he can shoot at range zero too. Oh. Yeah. That makes, does, now does that count on the advanced bartender beaters? Um, I and, gotta look at it. And what the heck do those do in 2.0? Because I actually don't remember. Advanced proton torpedoes are range Which one, ones? five dice. Oh, they're still a five die range And turn one. one hit to a crit. Okay, they don't do the thing with the focus they used to do? Uh, no. That one was fairly silly and stupid. Um. So yeah, with DBS four hundred four. 
his ability. He can perform. Uh, it's only primary attacks at range zero. Okay. Um, oh, but, no, no. He can only perform primary attacks. At, okay, well, that part is. But he, yeah, yeah. But he does get an extra die at range zero to one with the proton torpedoes. Because when you perform an attack at range zero. To yes, one. yes. But okay. he can't. Yeah. So he gets an extra die. So he gets a six die advanced proton torp shot. Um, that is not nothing. No. So so yeah so this it's this is kind of a, a different version of the um, the more classic uh, Sunny and Share list as people were calling it, uh, but it's uh, obviously you, you lose you lose Sunfac but you just get more you, you get two sh- you know four ships instead of just three. So Sunny and Share were a husband and wife musical duo in yes. the late 1970s. Yes, Sunny yes, Bono were. later became a, a congressman from California. By he, the way, he before did before dying in a skiing accident. <laughs> yeah, this is all true. True yeah. facts. <laughs> <laughs> Fun facts with Joe. I don't know that. I don't think she ever called herself Share Bono though. I think she was just Share. Yeah, she just Share. Even when she was, you know famously married to a guy whose last name you did know, I still don't think they used it. Yeah. Uh, so then she probably arguably became more famous. Uh, she was famous enough that they claimed that in uh, Mamma Mia 2, it was her and Meryl Streep in it, even though they share zero scenes together. In fact, Meryl Streep is barely in that fucking movie. <laughs> uh, I think I, <laughs> Paul, I, I, was not, I was not paying attention during that movie. I know it was on at one point while I was in the room, but I was not we paying did actually, attention. Like, we did actually watch it basically where we're sitting right now. But I just, yeah. I know my wife does not appreciate this fact. <laughs> She's like, I can't believe they claim they're both in this movie. They have zero <laughs> scenes together. There you go. So, uh, also, uh, we also had the Brazilian Grand Championship. And the winner here, uh, Mar- Marcelo Baldrin, was running one, two, three, four, five, six Techno Union bombers with proxy mines and landing struts. So, another <laughs> separatist list. <laughs> This is a, different, a much a different kind. I would have loved to see this play out because it just sounds like he just laid out some mines and then hung out behind rocks pre- and said, come at me. Pretty much, yeah. And then just rotates around and, yeah, just you can create it must like... must work because there was 109 people <laughs> at this thing. And yeah, so, yeah, that, yeah, it's actually pretty crazy. Hundred. So this is the first, I believe this was the first officially supported FFG event in Brazil since 2.0 came out. And they, got a, and they had 109 mm-hmm. people. At yeah, it. They did not slack on that. Which is uh, which is a great that, turnout, man. yeah. So yeah, that's uh, and apparently I guess they, they their distributor there has has uh, promised to um, to up the support. So so uh, that's that's good because I know they were having a lot of problems getting getting prize support and uh, all kinds of stuff down down in South America. So um, but anyways, you know another more separatist winning things. <laughs> So, you know, uh, and then in second place, so it was, it was a double separatist final table. Second place was a, was a, a, a seer swarm. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Seems to be a bit of a recurring theme. Bit of a recurring theme here, folks. Um, I think the one, uh, the, the one that we found, I'm sure there's others here, but, but one of the ones we found that did not contain, uh, did not have a separatist winner was the uh, Czech Grand Championship with uh, a oh, Vader Whisper, out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was Vader Whisper and Seventh like Sister. Um, so this is a kind of version of uh, Ollie's list from Worlds that basically you take out the Grand Inquisitor, put in Seventh Sister, and that allows you to get a couple of other upgrades. In what here. does Seventh Sister do? 
Seventh sister gets, uh, I believe she gets an extra action after you shoot at her or something like that. It's uh, while you perform a primary attack before the neutralized result steps, you may spend two force to cancel one evade result. So she has a reusable crack shot. Yeah. That's kind of neat. She can only use it every other turn at most, but... She only has two attack dice, too, so I don't know how much... Well, I guess you could put hate on her, and she might be able to use it more often. That would be, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that'd be a thing. Yeah. So... What else do they have on her? Can we go back to the list? Uh, On the list itself, it uh, it was just a fire control system. Wow. Which... It helps with her offense a little bit, so you, you take that target lock because if you're if you're actually using her ability, you know you're you're gonna run through the force faster. Man. I but, actually would love to see footage from this tournament because if we go to the if we go to the top four. Um, yeah, we, oh, I'm sorry. So that final was against a list I really like with Han, Luke, Saw, R2, and Engine Upgrade. Yeah, and Wedge with Lone Wolf, R2, and Servo Motor S Foils. Yep. That's a really cool list. That's actually very similar to something I played that was being a little weirder, but I think I like this list better. Yeah, yeah, this is probably the more straightforward version. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like the ability to use the engine upgrade and still use Luke to actually move the arc. Yeah. So I think you get to use that a whole lot more often than what I was doing. Yeah. And Saw is just awesome in there. Yeah. Um, But I guess the ones I really want to talk about were the... uh, We have two different very strange-looking scum lists that both made the top eight. Now, this is 109... Man, I'm sorry, this is, this is the Czechoslovakian one, right? How yeah, this, do we have is, this is Czech, so this is 45. At 45, making the top eight, we had an Unkar Plut with Tobias Beckett and a cloaking device? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What? Carlos, what in God's name am I looking at? Uh, it's L3, Mux, Captain Seavor, Cartel Marauder, and Unkar Plut. Which was the Cartel Marauder? Is that the... The uh, Cartel Marauder is uh, the... Um, is the Kyrax, the... Karaz, Kyrax, whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, that's that. That's that's quite the list. That is uh, fascinating. Yeah. Why is what is Torkel Torkel Okay, talk at me. What's so Tor- Torkel's the one that drops your um, initiative. So um, he can if he has somebody in arc. It, Rain at whatever range he can drop them to his uh, initiative zero, hmm. um, so that you can basically you can take an ace and drop him down to a zero and fire everything at him before he gets to shoot. So you kind of reverse the PS the, the PS kill. That's interesting. Yeah, that's actually been fairly common. And 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 the, this list up here that was in the top eight, um, which was Torque the Mux with the Moldy Crow, yeah, Seavor with Crack Shot, and, and three, three of those Cartel Marauders. That's that's become the kind of the scum standard swarm list really yeah um, there was a couple of those at worlds that were in like the top in the like top eight seavor is the uh the mining guild tie yeah is the mining guild tie that hands out jam jam tokens yeah so yeah it's a very solid list you've been seeing that that one is actually totally normal and i i expect to see that in some cuts here and there but this one over here l3 torkel seavor cartel marauder and unkar plut is um uh, much much more interesting but and not just not just not i mean it's got six katro vizago on here it's got a dead man switch yeah no it has two dead man switches yeah i like your style sir yeah it's got multiple it's got two dead man switches it's got sicatro vizago it's got tobias beckett i mean it's got it's got all the some of the weirdest scum tricks 
<laughs> I like it though. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's what I appreciate about you. Um, that's what you appreciate about me. That's what you appreciate about me. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. But, yeah, so anyways, uh, you know, basically what this comes down to and what we're, you know, getting through here is just that uh, Separatists is obviously just, it, it, it's doing really well. And I think it's pretty much undoubtable, un, un, undoubtable at this point. I know there's a lot of people, you know, when the Nantex first came out, um, there was a lot of uh, people freaking out, skies falling about it. And there was a lot of people like, oh, it'll be fine. It's like, you're, you're totally wrong. It's not that good, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think it's, I don't know that it's a sky is falling scenario, but I think it's definitely very good. <laughs> and it's, yeah, and, it's but it's not well. just the Nantex. I think it, it's, and this is where Worlds was a little bit, of, a little bit funny because everybody, because a lot of people were trying to figure out like, so looking at the Worlds results, you were like, okay, there was some separatist list. There was a lot of separatist lists played. There was a fair bit of Nantex. They were in the cut, but they weren't in the top. I don't think I don't know that any of them made it past top sixteen, maybe. So they weren't super high up in the in the final standings. Um, but you only had a few weeks before Worlds with the Nantex out, and I don't I, I didn't expect there to be a, a ton of highly like I didn't expect there to be a ton of Nantex there particularly i mean there was still a good amount there was a, lot, a good amount i think if worlds were played today there would be way more separatist lists than what there were than there were back in october i mean is the separatist success the nantex is it the strength of i i think it's i think it's the nan i think it's partially the nantex and it's partially the point costing of the drones hey i it's i think it's a flexibility there's a lot of flexibility yeah. with each one of the ships um, with obviously the vulture um, that can make quality lists. Uh, yeah. So the, the part of it is the Nantex, but for the most part, it's just the flexibility of the uh, the faction right now. Yeah, it's super flexible, and that's and and that is because of the Trade Federation drone. So as good as Sunfac and the Nantexes might be, they're they're propped up by the fact that you can just put such variation. Or it's and or so many other bodies really just around them. I mean, the fact that you can run Chertek with you can run an eight ship list. Chertek is with Chertek undercosted. Obviously, well, Chertek's undercosted, but I also think you know Chertek is definitely probably undercosted. I I I think the I think the the drones themselves are undercosted. They they probably they probably need to go back up a little bit. I know they just yeah, dropped them the, recently, but. And the last with network calculations um, and the landing struts, they yeah. should not be worth only twenty points because yeah, you know the next thing doesn't compare uh, a Tie Fighter Academy pilot. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just it does not compare to that at all. There's too yeah. much flexibility. Yep. So yeah, we so. talked about this I think a couple of weeks ago where we felt like there was a little bit of a power creep. Um, I mean. If you look beyond the, the factions that are doing the best and winning these, I mean, the Jedi Menace is not that far behind, and Sinker Swarm is another viable list. I think the, yeah. the two lists that just, the two factions just came out are coming out of the gate every bit, if not more strong than the other factions. Oh, for sure. And, and, and that's because they, well, they're the newest ones. I think they had the, you know, they, from a design perspective, I think they, by the time they started designing those and they, they had already designed mo you know, the rest of 2.0, so they're 
they're coming into these ones are like I think getting a little more comfortable and and being taking some more risks with with uh, with the general design, um, you know, particularly in the Nantex and and in Snare and how that works. So they're you know and 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 apparently forgetting the word fully, um, like <laughs> that's yeah. no longer in their vocabulary for a wave. So well, I mean, you guys have talked about that a few times, and I think you guys are approaching it as if that's that's sort of an unusual thing for them to have sort of made a big change to the fundamentals of the game and then later lapsed back into it. It's unusual. So I watched... It's not um, unusual that they did it. I mean, the, the, like, they've done stuff like this before. It's, it's... it's. I mean, I feel like they just did it with Jedi Starfighters, but, like, man, it's really... We should really limit, because it's pretty broke, the number of ships that can double reposition. They're like, what if all of the ones of this class could do that? You're like... Yeah. Yeah, that would be broken. And then for a while, it just was. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like they don't walk into the same mistakes again. Oh, no, they do it all the time. Uh, th- this one was just a little, to me, a little surprising just because they had gone so far out of their way. Like, it was learning the lessons of of the original Defender title from 1.0. Like, that's where this lesson goes back to. It's It started with that title, and there was a reason that title was fixed in 1.0 was because when it didn't, when it didn't say fully... Um, and I don't know how the wording was, was back then at that point, but it was a, it was a, it was heavily abused for a while because you could just bump into things and get free evade tokens. And then, you know, so then they learned from that mistake, fixed it in 1.0 and then seemed to be really t- tr- trying to not do it in 2.0 for a while. And then all of a sudden here it is again, like it's, on a ship that's not very iconic either. That's the yeah. most frustrating part. Like, okay. Make Darth Vader and Anakin and Obi-Wan super powerful. That's fine. Yeah. But a Nantex? Like, yeah, yeah. Fucking Sun Fuck is the most powerful <laughs> pilot in the game? Like, I remember that from the movies. Who the fuck is Sun Fuck? Yeah. Like, you really? I just watched Attack of the Clones, and I never saw any sort of tractor beam shenanigans going on. I... I, I <laughs> I, so I saw Nantexes. I and didn't I, even I, know he's from Attack of the Clones. Yeah, those, that's where those ships are from. Yeah, I, it is really. Yeah, yeah it was uh, during the final scenes. Yeah, I, I didn't see. I didn't see anybody getting tossed around with tractor beams out there. No, I don't no. know. I mean, just <laughs> pad me fall out of one of those ships. That's about it. What are those called again? The lats. Oh, the lat. LA, the the LA, lat eyes. Yeah. Lot. Lot eyes or something lot. like that. Yeah. Actually, that's that's actually. I think that should be the next uh, Republic ship. It better be. I don't think it's a ship though. It's spacebound? a yeah. It's a yeah. land vehicle. No, no, no it's space. Uh, it's a lo- lower. It's lower atmosphere. Lower atmosphere Sorry, not land vehicle. Transport. It's lower atmosphere. Yeah, but they they they. I, I'm I, trust me. I'm five seasons into the Clone Wars. Oh, those things are in space a lot. <laughs> really? <laughs> they're bad, they're yo. they're constantly using them as landing vehicles. Like to, like they're in like they're they'll be up in orbit and they'll they'll come flying out of the big sh- out of the cruisers and go land on the planet. Hmm, cool. So they're flying space. I mean, I know they can fly in space. They may not be hyperdrive cap hyperdrive capable. Aren't I don't they know. pretty small? And they're used person? as they're used as troop landers. Hmm. Like and they're, they're like I understand what they're used for. Like they're used primarily for ground support, but they can fly in space, or at least they do in the cartoon. Hmm. Unless I'm just losing well, my mind. You learn something but. new every day if you're not careful, and not always about Sunny and Cher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, those th- those things. Uh, oh yeah, but I f- but you know what? Like, if you're gonna make a Clone Wars era factions, that is the most used ship. That's the most commonly seen ship in that show. 
That show is that that ship is in more episodes and in use and used more times probably than any other single ship in that show. I can't think of anything that shows up more often. You know, because you don't even see a lot of you don't see the Jedi starfighters all the time. You see them a fair bit, but not not as often as those things. <laughs> so I don't know. Anyways. Um, so, yeah, so it's yeah, the, the, the two new factions definitely, I think, have a, a have a leg up on the design. You know, they, they got power creeped a little bit because they're they, they're coming in later and and they, I think they were trying Damn, to make later them and they're coming in hot. Yeah. Well, that and they obviously because it's their new it's the new stuff and they want to sell it. Sell you know, it's it's there's they probably they obviously want to make wanted to make it make them competitive from the beginning. So we could have conspiracy theories that the best uh, list in the game requires you to buy more ships than any other list. Yeah. We well, can maybe make a thing about that if you want. Yeah, right. The, the other interesting thing about this to me is that in the his, in the entire history of X-Wing, so you've always been able to fly eight ships in X-Wing, right? Like you could always... And now there wasn't the eight ship limit in the past, but, but the way the points worked out, there was ways to fly eight ships. It was... But nobody ever did it. Like there was no real good incentive to. So but you could always fly an eight ship list in the other one, but you couldn't fly seven, seven numpties and an ace. Yeah, that was not a thing. Oh, if I could fly, if I could fly seven, uh, if I could fly seven uh, Tie Fighters and Sunter, okay. I I'd be like You've done it all day long. Fuck yeah, <laughs> that would have been a thing. Yeah, but you couldn't do that. So, okay. but I think the funny the, the funny thing is that the eight ship lists have never really worked before because they've always been set up in such a way that if you were gonna fly eight ships. You got nothing with them, right? right. It was you. You could All afford eight ships, and that was they it. They didn't have a ship ability and an upgrade that's essentially like yeah. an old school title. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's really what about where we're at. Yeah, or like I said, it still just it still just blows my mind that you can that you can that you can afford eight ships, and one of them being an actual like a legitimate ace. Yeah, it's, that just that just boggles my mind that that's a I thing. Mean, also, if you told me with my eight eight tie swarm back in the day that I could land it on rocks, yeah, I'd probably leave you like uh, you're yeah. crazy. So right. So um, one thing I did think this is a random shower thought this morning was uh, the popularity of this list kind of makes me wonder. There's two cards from 1.0 that I I still kind of miss and I kind of wonder why they're not a thing anymore. I I miss old school Predator and old school Dengar. Yeah. So are two sides of the same coin. One worked against low pilot skill. The other one worked against unique guys. Yeah. Generally speaking, high pilot skill guys. Yeah. But I think it was important to have, like, the ability to put in your list some way to counter whether you expected to fly against swarms or whether you expected to fly against aces. Mm -hmm. And maybe they weren't the most subtle way of commenting them. But, like, I really do remember, like, playing old school uh, Predator and being like, you know, sometimes you played against, like, four B-wings, and this was really, really relevant. Yeah. I kind of miss that as a card. Yeah. Well, I mean, Predator... Yeah, I mean, I guess it's different Predator now. Predator is still a card, but it's completely it's, different. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just totally game. different, yeah. But it's... Uh, yeah, no, and I, like, I, and I liked old Dengar, you know, 1.0 Dengar. 2.0 Dengar is really good, too, and I actually kind of feel like he should get some more play, but... What's he doing, 2.0? Uh, he... I'm guessing he's a gunner now instead of he's, a crew, right? He thinks so. Let me look it up, make sure I'm saying so everything Dengar? Here. Yeah, yeah, Dengar... Is he a crew or a gunner now? He is a, He's a gunner. gunner. Yeah. So after you defend, if the attacker is in your firing arc, you may spend a charge. If you do, roll one attack die unless the attacker chooses to remove one green token 
on a hit or crit result, the attacker suffers a damage. So it's basically shoot at me, and it's it's kind of like the old bad touch droid a little bit. Yeah, as I say, yeah, yes. I was about to say. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, so yeah, so it's it's. Uh, he seems okay, but I like the other one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the we're, other not one's really, more we're not really doing as many passive mods in 2.0 as we used to. But yeah, I I liked that they acknowledged that sometimes you wanted to have a what you know a tool against low pilot skill, and sometimes you thought it was more relevant to have a tool against high pilot skill guys. Yeah. You know, depending on your local meta or what was going on or, you know. Yeah. What you thought you had a bigger problem with. Yep. So, so yeah, I think that's kind of, to me, the, one of the, the most interesting thing about the separatists is just the, the fact that it's, it's a, it's a faction that's kind of built around running seven or eight ships. And we've just never seen that before. Like even, even the old Imperials, when, when the tie swarms were a big thing that you, you still, you still would see at most seven ties in a Howrunner swarm, hmm. and uh, a lot of people would run Howrunner mini swarms with Sunter or Vader or something like that. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the same thing. I think it's but. significant to say it's the first time that the math has really worked out where you should just play the max number you can. Yeah. It's like before, it's like you could do that every time, but like eight Z95s was not significantly better than like seven and somebody that did something, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But like now it's statistically the best move to just get as many of these as possible. Well, as many bodies as possible because of the because of the variance differences and you, because like you said there's not as many passive mods. So sure. these guys are giving you a ton of bodies out there so there's a ton of dice being rolled, but they do have passive mods yeah. cuz they they're essentially rolling in there with seven with seven force tokens is pretty much what it boils down to yeah and when you have that many that many die rolls from that many in a swarm it evens out nicely yeah so you probably don't use <laughs> you probably use close to the exact number of of calculate tokens as you take every turn yeah so and and, and generally just because the way fire priority works in x-wing like you're generally focusing on something right so one guy who's got four other buddies around him off calculates and you keep trying to shoot at that guy and you're not and you're and you're you maybe plink two damage through but he spent three calculate tokens to stay alive you know that's like that's like he may as well have had three force tokens on him you know yeah. it's the same thing so it's it yeah it's 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 kind of like a it's this roving mass of passive mods that it can pass around to itself um which is you know it's just really good obviously so the you know i think you know, we got the points update. I think they uh, updated that. So it's come out January 9th, I believe now. Um, so the new, uh, we'll have some new points coming out soon. And I think you'll probably, you'll, you'll probably see the, the separatists get hit a little bit. I would think just from their, their performance at the moment, but. They will definitely be on the priority list. Yeah. Yeah. One would think so. So anyhow. Um, all right. Well, we want to, uh, Hit, hit the break. Florida man news yep. desk. Hit up the news desk. We'll uh, we'll see what what person we have today. And spin that wheel, right, spin man? Spin that wheel, and we'll be back. Hi, I am Ed. This week in Florida, Florida man wearing a bonnet dress steals baby formula from Publix. A man wearing a blue bonnet and a long dress with flowers on it accused of stealing $450 worth of baby formula from a Cape Coral Publix. A witness told police she saw a black man in his 50s wearing a bonnet, a dress, a black jacket, 
a white and white sneakers ride around a Publix on a Santa Barbara Boulevard on a motorized cart on security camera. The complainant said the man was seen putting 28 Enfamil formula cans under his dress. He then left the store without paying. This is the same possible suspect from another instance in North Fort Myers, Naples, and Punta Gorda. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the second half of Florida Man Plays X-Wing. And we are going to talk about uh, episode oh, episode 9 prep, I guess. Can we really welcome them back to the second half? Because they were here for the first well, half. Well, welcome back to, to the two back. Florida Man Plays we're X-Wing. We're now going to do the second half. We're now no, going to do the second half. That's choppy. That's yeah, bad it's just Yeah, it may not be technically correct, but it flows better. So that's just the way I do it. So you it. are technically correct. The best kind of correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, anyhow, <laughs> so episode nine, obviously coming out next week, dun, 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 dun. we are, uh, exactly one week away, um, since oh, almost exactly one week away, we will be in about 45 minutes from right now. Oh, touche. Yeah. So, so I'm excited. Carlos, you are going to see it on Thursday, right? I am. I already have tickets. I'm ready to roll. Are you coming with us or are you going down there? Oh no! I'll be I'll be going to the Palm Bay um, IMAX to go see it. So I'll be down oh, here. Oh, see, we haven't done it in the IMAX. That's one thing we've never tried. No, well, we it's have done, it, uh, it, it, it's not a real IMAX, by the way. Oh like yeah, it's, yeah. It's one it's, of the they flat. Call the it flat an IMAX? It's the it's flat like IMAX. I M A C K S. Yeah, exactly. Nah, it's just it's just the it's just the giant. Uh, it's like it's it's IMAX format in the sense that right. it's like the the screen resolution, but it's not. It's not like the wraparound IMAX. That's the one they have in Orange Park. Is that way? Um, yeah, and the, yeah, the one I saw John Wick three, and it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, the one in Orange Park, and well, I mean, so they, they use the IMAX brand at like the AMC theaters. Okay. So AMC Regency and AMC Orange Park both have uh, both have IMAX, but they're flat screen IMAX. I can't see you doing finger quotes, uh, by the way, on the radio. Well, and, and I, I understand that. <laughs> I mean, I like what you did it there. It was in but... my tone of voice, I think, a little bit. You know, <laughs> Carlos, could you hear? The, could the you hear quotes? the finger quotes there? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then at the uh, at the uh, Tinseltown, which is the one we're going to, it's they call it XD, which is like extra yeah it's their version of 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 imax basically of a flat screen imax so okay which is what we're going to see what so it looks like uh the world golf hall of fame is the largest imax theater in florida is that correct yeah yeah that seems right yeah that's the only legit imax theater in driving distance here it's also the only thing still but uh, is that the biggest one in all of florida that's, uh, that's what I was trying to it's probably the newest one that was built in that format so i wouldn't be surprised yeah so probably the one in orlando the one that's on i drive is the biggest one i've ever been to yeah um and it does seem to be like the true imax experience yeah it's it's, yeah the the true imax is like the the wraparound the big like the full wraparound screen it's like 180 degrees wrapped around you basically by the way complete i I know this is a complete deviation have you guys been to animal kingdom uh recently no and uh, done the Pandora Rite of Passage, the Flight no, of Passage. I have not, no. Good fucking Lord. You guys have to do that. It was fucking fantastic. We're going in January. I'm pretty sure we're going there, too. Uh, I think. Do it. I recommend it. It's worth the wait. Um, uh, so, of all the rides so far that I've been on, and, you know, I still haven't gone to Hollywood Studios. 
um, since Galaxy's Edge. So I've been to Hollywood Studios before, but um, this has been the only ride where I've actually been would have been willing to wait in line again, but the park was already closed. Yeah, <laughs> it was so fucking amazing. But yeah, anyways. No, that's a good side. I can't wait to go do that. That'll be fun. So, so episode nine, and uh, you know, we already kind of went over what we're what we're watching or what we're watching. I kind of prep for it now. Carlos, Did we actually do that on the podcast? Yeah, we we kind of got into it a little bit in the in the before we started. Uh, I couldn't remember what we done on the air and what we done off. Yeah, the air. it's it we kind talked of a lot together. off the air this week. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Um, the B-roll is going to be amazing. <laughs> so, Carlos, I know you've been posting on Facebook with like, uh, you're, you're doing all the movies, right? And I'm doing just the uh, saga, the episodic. You're doing all the saga, saga movies. Okay. I am. Yes. Just, so just you're, due to time. I think I would have fit the other ones in. It's only, what, two movies, really? Yeah, you could have fit in so- I could Solo probably and Rogue fit One. Solo and, and Rogue One. Yeah. Um, but I'm running out of time now. Yes. Yeah. We got uh, what one full week, and I need to watch four more movies, um, and I, I'm, I have a very busy schedule for the next few days. So mm-hmm. um, that that'll probably be enough for me to catch up. So. Yeah. So where are you at right now in the in the movies prep? So I decided to watch them chronologically, and uh, I finished the prequels, and I finished A New Hope last night. All right. So you're. You're into in the, the original trilogy here. You're in the you're in the you're in the home yeah, stretch. Yeah, just got second, started. Well, you're in the second second half. half. Yeah. So I did watch the uh, the new Disney Plus version of A New Hope. Uh, okay, so uh, you saw McClunky. The McClunky. McClunky. <laughs> wait, wait, there's a new version. <laughs> so yes. appa- Okay, so remember remember when uh, Lucas was going to. You remember? You remember? You remember when uh, Lucas was going to re-release all of the Star Wars movies in like. 4K 3D or something in theaters. So this was a thing that was going to happen like right before he sold to Disney. So when he did that, he went into A New Hope yet again and changed changed more things around with the Han Greedo shooting first scene. Ugh. So... Uh, You know, I don't think I approve. He added... So there's a line added in there where when Greedo shoots, he yells, he now yells McClunky. McClunky? McClunky. Yeah. McClunky. 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 Yeah. Something like that. Oh my God. That's going to be a new phrase for everything. Yeah. So apparently that was the, uh, that, that was the last, the latest cut of, of a new hope that Disney had, uh, that, that Lucas had done in preparation for, cause that was all supposed to happen. Like literally the year that. Um, I think that the basically like the year right after uh, Disney bought Star Wars, it was like, I think like 2013 or something. Those movies they were they were going to do a, a, a full theatrical re-release of all the original of all six Star Wars movies, and where and they've been remastered into like 4K and and um, and like I think 3D or something. I don't know. There was this whole thing that they were going to do. Okay. And then that plan just, just you know dissipated. But apparently, a leftover of that is this uh, McClunky sequence. Ugh. Yeah. Well, now I gotta go watch that. Yeah. Now, I was a little disappointed at Disney Plus, by the way, for not having the holiday special. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was looking forward to uh, Boba Fett riding a dinosaur. Yeah. Well, we got. I, I gotta look this up, or, or well, I, have, I have to go back and look this up because I think they're like, because the Disney the the, the holiday special was was produced by one of the 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 networks that's right it was cbs we talked about this yeah it was yeah it was produced Mm -hmm. by cbs so i i don't know 
from a from a distribution rights standpoint, who would have distribution rights exactly to the holiday special? But can I ask you? Did any of you in your research for the new movie? Did either of you, true died in the wool Star Wars nerds that you are, did either of you watch Backstroke of the West? No. No. Carlos, are you familiar with Backstroke of the West? I'm not. Okay, I, I think Steve is. I've heard of this before, okay. yeah. So, Star Wars Episode Three, whatever the subtitle of that is, I actually don't. Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Revenge Sith. Of Sith. Revenge How of the Sith. Okay, no, no, I'll, I'll give you a pass on Attack of the Clones, but Revenge of the Sith is actually one of the good ones. So it, it is, but it's not as good as Backstroke of the West. Backstroke right. of the West is a specific cut of that film, where that film <laughs> was was pirated by various non-American <laughs> countries. Yeah. But they may have done it multiple times in multiple steps. I don't know the exact things. Somebody will have to somebody will have to look this up and like post it in the comments or something. Where like it got translated into some non-English language. Yeah. And then translated again and then eventually translated into Turkish. Backstroke yeah. the West I am I am fairly certain is in in Turkish. No, I'm a liar because it, it was in it was distributed in Turkey. But it was in English. Okay. So the film is in English. Yeah. But the subtitles underneath are also in English. But as a Turk, but like a Turkish translation of but English. But multiple or translations later yeah. in ways that are amazing. <laughs> so Carlos, you've probably seen the, like the main meme that comes out of this one is at the end of of that one. Spoiler alert: when he's like standing there, Darth Vader like gets off the tail, is yelling no. Do you know what he yells instead in the subtitles, Carlos? Uh, no. He yells, do not want. <laughs> do not <laughs> so want. He's like, he's like, no, at the bottom it just says, do, do not, not want. want. Which is like the payoff at the end of like a two and a half hour, like just laughing the whole time. Because like the Jedi Council is always referred to as the Presbyterian Church. Yeah. <laughs> and like even like the opening crawl where the words come out across the street in English, the subtitles at the bottom do not match the English words going across the screen. So instead of episode three, Attack of the Clones, episode three, Backstroke of the West. <laughs> it just gets worse and worse the whole time. Uh, this it is, like, is brilliant. It is worth watching. And dear God, we should just do a whole episode this about is, This that. is like the all your base are belong to us of the uh, of Star Wars. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just, but like the... You watch this whole thing, like, this whole thing is terrible. Then you finally get to the end, and he's like, no, it's like, do not want. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my God. But, yeah, so, uh, so, so okay, so you're on episode four. Uh, yeah. As we went over earlier, I am uh, at the end of season five of the Clone Wars, and, um... Uh, I've got, I've got some, I, I've got a, I've got a week to power through some stuff here. <laughs> got some work so one of the yeah. things I, I asked actually on on the thing, and I, um, I was curious to see what you guys thought was, basically, what was your first memory like of your first exposure to Star Wars? Uh, the first Star Wars movie I ever saw was um, Return of the Jedi over at a friend's house when I was probably six or seven years old i remember that was the that was the first time that was the first star wars thing i ever saw i know i saw the first two before this but my first like distinct memory of star wars was watching return of the jedi i remember my uncle jimmy walked in while we were watching it and saw leia in the bikini he's like 
the hell is these guys watching porn or yeah. something here? I was like, oh, man, I swear it's Star Wars. Yeah. I still remember that like 30 years later because I was not very old. It's like, what is this? Some kind of porno or something? I, I do. I do remember. I do remember, um, you know, because, uh, you know, we grew up in the, uh, you know, we were, I was like prime age, right? For the, the re-releases in 96. So, mm-hmm. you know, because I was in like what? I was in middle school. So. Um, you know, I was probably 12, 13. I definitely or so. saw those. And I, I, but I had seen them before that. I had seen them before that too, but I'm just saying like I m- I remember when that happened because then it was all of a sudden, after that it was the build up to the to to the new move to the, to the new movies. Um and it but it, so it was a big th- it was already it was becoming more more of a cultural thing at that point because I had started reading the Star Wars books before the re-releases came out. So I was already pretty deep into Star Wars at that point anyways, but the uh, I, I just remember all my friends were suddenly be, kind of became more Star Wars aware because of the re-releases and the new movies coming out and but but yeah Princess Leia was always uh, that was that was always a, a fan favorite amongst the uh, my my thirteen year old friends at the time mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> right so so you guys basically had the same experience I did because anyway, it was the re-releases that kind of kicked it off for me too mm-hmm. um, and the hype for um, the the prequels. I yeah. feel like uh, so. I feel like it was the Star Wars because Star Wars CCG would have come out in 1990 at Christmas of 1994. Yeah, so I would have been 10 when that came out when I started this Star Wars gaming, you know, like you know, epic that's still going on. Yeah, however many years later, I, I want to say that one. I remember like playing that game, seeing things in there, and being like, "Man, I forgot about this one random Cantina character." And like every time that would happen, I'd have to go back and watch the movie again and be like. I really want to see who figuring Dan is. Yeah. What is a modal node? You know, <laughs> what, what is jizz what is music? Jizz whaler? Uh, <laughs> What's a jizz whaler? <laughs> but like so many times I see something in there, I'd be like, I feel like I need to go back and watch it. I do not remember yeah. this weird werewolf guy in the corner. And like, oh, damn, there he is. Yeah, do, you not, do you not know what the jizz whalers are, Carlos? Don't know what the jizz whalers are. Like that whole sentence, none of that made sense. He's just like, yeah. oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> well, figuring Dan and the modal nodes are the uh, are the band that played in the cantina okay. yep. in a new they're hope. Bits. And yep. the type of music they're playing is called jizz. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. and it's and and they're very forward thinking. Yeah, so the, so the, as 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 a as a nickname as for the type of musicians they were, they were jizz whalers. Was, was the uh, was a nickname for them? Fantastic. Say, you know, before even we played the Star Wars CCG, <laughs> though, we I'm pretty sure we had the West End had the. The D6 role-playing game before that, which I still have a bunch of books for. Mm-hmm. And like, I, if I could talk the kids into running that campaign, I would just die. Yeah. But uh, I think we had that even before then. That was a cool book. And, like, a lot of the lore, like the pre-Disney lore that got erased, a lot of legend stuff, actually came out of, like, West End's role-playing game, which had extensive source books for, like, every part of the Star Wars milieu. Yeah. Like, it probably added as much if not more to the the whole star wars mythology than even all the random books that you have laying around this house still yeah but even like star wars ccg added a bunch of stuff that counted as canon like howl runner is originally from the star wars ccg yeah like there was a meme somebody posted about that the other day like it was the the who's the guy that plays uh, michael fassbender as steve jobs yeah you know, show me howl runner and they you know 
showed a how runner 1.0 they're like no no the real how runner they showed like 2.0 it's like no 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 the real how runner yeah. they showed like star wars ccg is like perfection perfection <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think um the, uh, another big moment i think in in star wars for me was also the um it was the the thx vhs box set release i have the box for that in my garage yeah i think i still have it somewhere around here i don't have the tapes anymore but i have the like the sleeve they all came in yeah so that i remember that was a big i remember that was a big deal i remember going to buy it i remember i remember going going out and my and my dad uh buying it for me i remember going out and buying that and then for several years later like hunting every store that sold vhs tapes like even like thrift shops and stuff because i had the old version that came just before that before I realized they were gonna remaster it and do, no, I'm a liar. The THX ones, not the special edition ones. I got yeah. the special edition ones. Then I had the first two. I had, I had Empire and a New Hope of the other one. I didn't have Return of the Jedi, and I wanted to complete that set. Yeah, and it was I was completing it with the making of Star Wars, which I got from a cereal box before that. Mm. The VHS type you had to send away from like some. You had to eat like eight or nine boxes of cereal, send away the UPCs and get yep. like the making of Star Wars VHS from them. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. It was cool because it was like a, a making of Star Wars that was made after the first one, but before Empire. Mm-hmm. So like literally like Luke Skywalker's like, oh, she should totally end up with me. You're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should definitely not do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If she goes with Han instead of me, she's a chump. It's like if she goes with you instead of Han, she's a whole lot worse than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Show the whole <laughs> I think the whole late, uh, Luke Leia relationship in episodes four and uh, five is is proof positive that Lucas was kind of making this shit up as yeah, he went. He's he utterly <laughs> bullshitting this whole. Oh, I've got the whole thing planned out. You yeah. really don't. <laughs> Liar. It's so. still. I mean, so one of the things I mentioned today was. The fact when you just put it brass tacks like simplification that you know like a new hope is just you know a young brave hero with an old wise man and uh, you know a princess in distress and you have a you know, rogue and then you have an evil sorcerer and i'm like holy shit that's like every single fantasy like <laughs> genre thing in the last hundred years yeah. Well, yeah, the first movie is so genre because, like, it really is like, you know, space western fairy tale. Yeah, right, exactly. But it's, it's all of those tale. things. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's also a, a military tale. drama. It's a war movie. Like, it can be described a number of different ways. A, a number of different ways. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you've it, well, got that's, you've got the Flash Gordon Kurosawa uh, kind of stuff going on. You, you know, influences. Um, well, Kurosawa was deeply uh, influenced by John Ford, who did a lot of westerns. Mm-hmm. Like his stuff is shot in that same style. Yeah, so, I mean, it's got it's got the three act kind of uh, Greek uh, Greek play structure going on to yeah, it. Yeah, I was um, watching. Um, I watched the only prep I've done was actually to watch um, Force Awakens and and Last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, because the other ones I'm, I'm I'm familiar enough with where like while I'd like to watch them again, I don't know if I'll find time, you know, before the new movie. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you know, I'll find time somewhere. Yeah. But um, we were talking about leap motif uh, a few weeks ago on the podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they were doing that though, like when Luke asks where Han is, you know, in in Last Jedi. Yeah. Uh, you know, spoilers and all that, whatever. But uh, when he asks where it is, they play the Han theme. Yeah. 
Like there, the leap motif thing. Like when he talks about Vader in, um, like when he sees the Vader mask or whatever, they play Vader's motif. Yeah. Like the leap motif like persists into the new trilogy. Yeah. I really like that actually. Oh yeah, and, and that's that's actually and that's actually the funny thing to me or it, the the most probably the most consistent thing about all the Star Wars movies is fucking John Williams. That. That yes. motherfucker is such a badass. Like his, so did you watch some? So good, and every, like that's the one thing that you're like, like you, you see this in like almost every review of any Star Wars movie. It's like they'll say what blah 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 whatever, and then like, good lord, the soundtrack was awesome. John John Williams is a, is a beat. You know, it's like that's did you, um, every time. Did you watch the movies that made us yet? Uh, I watched the I watched two of them. I watched Die Hard and uh, Ghostbusters. Oh well, the Home Alone one has a huge section about John Williams. Because, oh, okay, like literally, he just jumps into that production right at the very end. Well, like um, Chris Columbus, who was the director of that one, he like literally they're like, you know, what do you need to finish this movie? He's like, I don't know, give me John Williams. Yeah. This is a joke. They're like, Wait, yeah, he said he's so in. He did the like, music the for Home Alone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh when you listen to it again, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It well, is that's not all. I, I just yeah. saw it. Well, Home Alone is is a classic in our household for. Oh, Christmas. dude! Yeah, yeah. Do you have, so have I you just watched... started watching it. We haven't finished it yet, but um, we started watching the first half of it. And I, that's my favorite movie of all time. Do you watch um Christmas. the toys that made us? Uh, I I know which thing you're talking about. I haven't actually watched it. Uh, but Netflix I have it, put uh, out on my on my list. Netflix put out a sequel to it called The Movies That Made Us. They only have uh-huh. one season. Every season for these, they do four episodes, but uh-huh. um. The movies that made us has Die Hard, Ghostbusters. I don't give a shit about Dirty Dancing, but the Home Alone episode's fascinating. Yeah. Do you realize that whole house they built in a high school gymnasium? Wow. Really? Like all the interior sets are filmed in one high school <coughs> gymnasium, except, and this is amazing to me, and this has nothing to do with X Wing. Like all of our listeners are turning us off right now when we talk about Leap Motif and Home Alone. <laughs> but uh, you know how they have the wet bandits who are always like yeah. overflowing the sink or whatever. Yep. They filmed it in that same high school. But they drained the pool and built the set in the pool because it would be watertight and they could film the whole thing in there. Oh, I was uh, like, freaking brilliant. <laughs> uh, but no, dude, the movies that made us is fascinating stuff. The toys that made us is equally amazing. Yeah. And you should watch all of it. Yeah, nice. it's a, that's a really good doc, docuseries if you've ever chance. Like by the end of it, you're like so happy that you like these things that you like. Yeah. Like it's such nerd catharsis. Yep. Yeah, it's good stuff. But... Uh, yeah, I don't know. So uh, that, I, I'm actually super excited for the soundtrack in episode nine. Oh, for sure. Because this is, yeah. you know, this is the last one. This is probably the last one John Williams is going to do. He is. He's he's, and, you know, he's up there now. And it's just, yeah, I mean, he's up there, and it's and the and this is the last of the of the trilogy of like the the saga, because he did all the saga movies. But I don't, did he do like uh, I don't did he do think Solo he, or I don't Rogue think one? he did Solo or Rogue One. I think those were somebody else. Um, I don't, I don't can't, you know, don't quote me on that, but, um, I feel like he's going to go all out on this one. So I, I, I am looking forward to the, uh, to the, to the soundtrack on this one. But. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like you mentioned, he hasn't disappointed in all the movies, uh, from what I know, uh, people will say, it was like, well, it wasn't his best one, but it's just like. Yeah, I don't know. They, I've never heard anybody criticize any John Williams. Ever. Yeah, no, no. Like, so I think um, for me, like, I, I just, I really, really like the um, the Force Awakens soundtrack. Um, yeah, but not necessarily that it's like should be critically acclaimed. It's just it just happens to be one of my favorites. 
Uh, and it, it has a little bit to do with X-Wing because um, The Force Awakens came out, obviously, as we've been playing X-Wing and all that yeah. stuff. And um, what I used to do is I played the soundtrack a lot when I played on Vassal. Um, so mainly because the movie had just came out and I was just like, oh, I just don't want to listen to the music um, while I was waiting for the DVD release. Uh, just to kind of, you know, just get that feel, you know, the movie and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I just really enjoy that soundtrack, but I know it's not the best one. Uh, it just, I still feel like people though, like will will come out and just be like, well, well you know, it wasn't his best one. It's just like, yeah, well shit, dude. Like he's made so many <laughs> like fucking iconic songs, uh, yeah. you know, that it doesn't, doesn't have to be his best one. It's still good. Yeah. Um, so, I know what I am most looking forward to in episode nine. Steve, do you think you already know what you're most looking forward to? Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know that I do. I don't know that I know what I'm most looking forward to. Carlos, do you do you have a particular a particular thing you can't wait for? Uh, I'm. I'm basically just cautiously cautiously optimistic i i'm gonna go into it i'm probably gonna walk out saying that was awesome that was amazing i Um, but for the most part though like for me i just i want i might get a little flack about this but i want the uh, i want them to continue what they did in the episode eight which is that anyone anyone can be a jedi (laughs) anybody can be force sensitive um, yeah, you know, but you know the the title is Rise of Skywalker, so we might get bamboozled on that a little bit. Um, so we'll see. But I I kind of want him to continue off of what we got from Episode Eight. Um, but we'll see. I'm gonna go with I I have one thing that I know will be a surefire thing that will make me happy. Something that I know they won't fuck up at all. So, like, I'm looking most forward to that because I can't possibly walk away unhappy. Yeah. Steve, you're familiar with who my favorite character is, right? Yeah, yeah. Who, who is my favorite character? Lando Calrissian. By far, not even close. Yeah. We already know Lando's going to be in this movie. Yep. But one of my favorite things about Lando is that I am convinced that Billy D. Williams makes no effort whatsoever to learn how you're actually supposed to pronounce characters' names. Yeah. <laughs> Princess yeah. Leah, yeah, Han. Han. <laughs> you can't give Han over to this bounty hunter. Who the fuck's Han? You yeah. mean Han? So huh. you're talking. To, I can't wait to hear him butcher so, like so Ray's name. Hey, listen, Ra. <laughs> so like, hold on, listen, Pat. Listen, hold on a second. Kalo Rain. I just <laughs> I rewatched. Wait. I just rewatched New Hope. Every single mention of Princess Leia's name was Princess Leah. I know, like Tarkin does it too. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, not just Tarkin. Also, um, I forget what his name is, but when they're reviewing the Death, Death Star plans, yeah, he also oh, pronounces it Princess Leah. Dodonna might too. I yeah. associate that with Han every time. No, I'm sorry, not with Han, with Lando, because like he also calls him Han. Neither was given Han to this bounty hunter. Like, fuck his Han. <laughs> <laughs> so here, so here, I cannot wait to hear Billy D. Williams at the tender age of eighty-two just butcher people's names. <laughs> yeah. and, and everybody else will be like, "I mean, it's Billy D. Man, what are you gonna do?" Yeah. So this, uh, this is just a, a little uh, Star Trek aside, actually. 
So just on naming things. So apparently on Star Trek The Next Generation, they had a rule that the first person to actually have to utter a new word, however they pronounced it was how it had to be pronounced from that from now on. So that's why data is data and not data. Because apparently uh, uh, Jean-Luc, uh, why am I forgetting his real Patrick name Stewart. now? Patrick Stewart. Patrick I can never forget it because my wife loves him. Yeah, so Patrick Stewart did, during the during the, the original table read uh, was just said data, and like everybody else thought it was data. But doesn't data sound so wrong now? It does. It sounds it terrible even, now. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a person name. Yeah, yeah. So apparently that was how they did it on Next Gen. Anytime there was a word no one had said before, whoever had to read it and speak it out loud first made up the pronunciation. Huh. So, <laughs> just funny, but. Anyhow, enough <laughs> enough Star Trek. They didn't do that in Star Wars. Yeah, I don't know how they did it. Yeah, Star in Wars. Star Wars is like I, I feel like there should have been somebody on set be like, no, this is how it's actually pronounced. Like I felt like there's some like link because like in Tolkien, like Tolkien was big on the pronunciation of everybody's name. Well, because he was a linguist. He was a linguist. Yeah, yeah like on Star Wars, like we just wrote these things. Like you pronounce them however you feel like doing. I don't. Know. Yeah, Elam yeah. Sleaze Boggio. Like, <laughs> 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 you want some. Diaf sticks. Diaf sticks. You guys had to watch that. I did. Thank God. <laughs> I didn't even like fast forward. Okay. It so. was all right. It was fine. Yeah. But I love uh, how like the I like how the same the prequels. I mean, seriously, the same Obi Wan who's like, uh, you need to. I don't. You don't want death sticks. You want to go home. Think about your life. Next time he's in a bar, he's like. Dude looks at fights like cut his fucking arm off. <laughs> it's like, man, you've changed. Yeah. <laughs> you got old and bitter. Yeah. So I will say this uh, from from a rewatch standpoint, um, you know, because I'm 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 going through Clone Wars right now. That show really does. Uh, it it really does help. I, it really does help me along with the the prequel storyline. And I, I hope so. It, like it, 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 it's a good, it's a good show, and it it has a lot. Like, oh God, that like Anakin on that show was so much better than he was in the movies. Like, <laughs> I was talking to Travis about this the other day because like one of my shower thoughts was the prequel trilogy does a really good job of showing how Anakin like falls from grace, mm-hmm. but does absolutely nothing to make like Darth Vader seem like a decent human being. Yeah, so like, you don't really make me seem to care that he fell. Yeah. Well, I had a a little bit of thought on that, and they didn't actually, you know, I think portray that very well, and I think you're right on that. But, you know, everybody that complains about, you know, the first movie, and it's like, well, did they really have to show Vader as a kid? I felt like that was kind of necessary in a sense that, um, you know, I felt in general you needed to show that villains aren't born, they're made, you know? Uh, it's just nobody is ever born. Everybody's born innocent. You yeah. know what I mean? When you're that young, you're not necessarily looking to take over the world and, yeah. and be this super villain. I mean, one um, thing that, yeah, no, I'm sorry. So I, I felt like that needed to be conveyed. And so that's why I'm kind of glad that it did start with that. Um, but I think you're right. Like, there was never anything that strictly said, you know, was he a good person? Yeah, you know, because he it felt like it maybe in episode one it did show a lot of he wanted to be helpful, you know, and he was you know just all that stuff. But yeah. at the same time, once he started learning about himself, 
he was just sort of just started doing his own thing. It I was mean, sort of like a loose cannon. Yeah, you know, it, like it's, he got into a fucking Naboo <clears throat> fighter and then flew off. You know, yeah. like you shouldn't well, shouldn't do that if you're like listening to people and being you know altruistic yeah. or whatever. So. Well, what I think is interesting about the Clone Wars show is is from from the Anakin character perspective, is that it shows like so. A big thing with the Jedi is like, you know, not having attachments, right? So that means like obviously marrying Padme was super against the rules and that's, you know, a secret and and just, you know, not having these kind of emotional attachments, being very dry, stoic, stoic yeah, whatever. So the cool thing about the Clone Wars show is it really shows how much Anakin like how much attachment he does have to he so many to, so to other no, clones yeah and, it's, he gets attached to the clones he gets attached to r2 he gets attached to ahsoka he you know obviously his attachment to padme it, you know there's there's so many things in that show like that like the, they're showing like the things that he's doing and like it's like are are against they're like these little they're like these little indiscretions essentially against what the, the, the jedi way is and the jedi order. and they're kind yeah. of letting them they kind of give him leeway on it and slack on it because they're in the middle of a war and he's and he's such a and he is such a powerful force user and and he's and he's a and he's a good general and he means well, yeah. But he is at the same time really breaking a lot of these tenets of the Jedi Order um, that that they warn about constantly, like throughout the like you know throughout the the Clone Wars show and and throughout the the, the prequel movies. Well, it's so funny that like they do that well in Clone Wars because I feel like they do that so poorly in the prequel movies yeah because I'm, I'm a hater i guess so i mean take it as it will but like in the prequel movies one of the things that they talk about from joseph campbell's like um um what do they call it progression of a hero or um the hero's journey no the hero's journey yeah they talk about how this is all based on joseph campbell's work about greek mythology yeah yeah but like in greek in greek tragedy the hero always is defeated by having one one personal trait that that dooms them yeah and like if you say it's his attachment to this person this person this person this person that actually really makes a lot of sense from there yeah i hate how they do it in the prequels where like he has like four <coughs> different downfalls he's like well they take him from his mother in the first one that's what makes him evil and then he loves padman that makes him evil and the jedi don't make him a master and that makes him evil and his mom gets killed that makes him evil it's like but like the fifth time something makes him evil i kind of think maybe like he's the problem yeah <laughs> like, he's kind of a dick yeah yeah, like but, by the fifth, by the time you name his fifth major personal flaw, I feel like maybe this guy's more bad than good. Yeah, I, I don't I, know. Like I, I, I always felt like the prequels was specifically for one thing: is this obsession with saving Padme or like from death. Yeah, like I, yeah. I feel like that was. But his obsession the makes him reason. creepy and weird. It's like watching American Psycho, and, and that's what I yeah, like about Clone Wars. It's Tatooine Psycho in a second that's, movie for sure. That's what I, I like about Clone Wars is is that it shows Anakin's character as as being passionate as and being right. something other than and being the guy something that, that isn't that, that, that's that something that's very not Jedi right. that, that he is. And he has a lot of, um, he just has a lot of attachments and he, he, he grows attached and, and cares for people. And, but that, but it's somehow that almost, you know, that, you know, mixed with his, when you have such power as a, as, as a, as a Jedi that he has, and you mix in that kind of, that kind of uh, attachments, like that's what kind of knocks him over to the to the dark side eventually. Because he eventually gets to the point where he's like, "I have the power to do it, to do something about it. Why shouldn't I use it?" And mm -hmm. you know, 
one thing I pointed out the other day, and I guess I'll I'll, I'll lighten up. I'll light I'll lighten up. Is it's a lot for the audience to have to watch the three movie downfall of Darth Vader, the two movies of him being straight evil, the first half of Return of the Jedi, like of him being evil, and then to see him get redeemed in the last act. I mean. Crime and Italy. That's like 11 hours of like his downfall yeah. followed by like 20 minutes of him being redeemed. It's like, yeah. you're asking a lot here, bro. You really, <laughs> you've broken down this guy's character for a long time and man, I stopped caring yeah. quite a way to get like, like I said, I, I do, I really like the Clone Wars for this. It, it really, oh yeah, it, the Clone I Wars is great. I think way. it just expands Anakin's character. So it just helps, it just helps define his character so much better than I think the movies, the, movies the, do, the, yeah. the prequels also, do especially. Well, I mean, also, his character and uh, the one one of my main things uh, gripes with is a lot of the flack that uh, Hayden Christensen got uh, in the prequels. Yeah, um, his delivery and a lot of the scenes in Attack of the Clones, I could understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously he was young, and he was also portraying somebody that was young and just kind and, of. And, and he also had some real garbage dialogue to deal with. Yeah, but, seriously, yeah. seriously bad dialogue. <laughs> so you know what I mean. I don't think it was completely his fault in the in the second movie, but in the third movie, I thought it was great. I like, I loved every single scene it, with Anakin the, the, in the third movie. The problem with the second movie is, let's be real, real honest here. Like, he's a sexual creeper in the second movie, and like that ain't <laughs> oh exact. God, that ain't awful. exact. Like, we all had our awkward adolescent stages, but that ain't exactly the most noble character trait. Just to yeah. be a complete fucking stalker. Yeah, yeah. like that ain't really cool. Bro, yeah, yeah, it's just a, bro, bro, you need to, were, you need to lighten up just, just a little cringe bit and yeah. uncomfortable. Like it was yeah. just completely, utterly uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, yeah, um, and that sucks because I, I said this. Like one of the characters from Big Mouth is a Jedi. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I said this. Nick, I mean, that's, seriously. that's a great show, by the way. <laughs> if Nick Kroll was a Jedi, <laughs> yes. yeah, I'd watch it. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd watch shit. it, but I'd have very different expectations. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do think, uh, and it's a huge, major flaw, mainly because I, you know, in in, in such a huge uh, genre or or just in general um, source material. I think that the Padme, you know, Anakin, I'd like to see how it's developed in the Clone Wars, right? Because that's yeah. after they got married. Is that correct? It's after, yeah, it's after they got married. So it's because after Attack of the Clones and, bef- it's, and before Revenge right. of the Sith. So I'd be, I'd be curious to have see. Have you never watched the Clone Wars? I have not, no. I, you so should watch it. I think I've watched the episodes with Hondo in them, and that's it. Yeah. No, uh, but they honestly, were great. Honestly, Carlos, it, since you're more, more of a, a prequel fan, I, I think you would love the Clone Wars. Yeah, like, I, 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 I probably would, and I, I will watch them now that I have them, and that's been my only problem. Is that I've never, oh, never had access to them. Clone Wars, and yeah. The, I mean, let's be honest, the internet's there. I know how to torture. Yeah, stuff. yeah. It's always been there. It's one of us. Um, I just uh, two if you can't Steve. <laughs> I haven't gone around to just uh, doing it. So yeah. now that I have them legally, uh, I'm perfectly fine. Uh, yeah, def- definitely, definitely watch them. I, th- I actually think that'd be right up your alley, and I think you'd like them. You'd like the, the last Clone Wars point I'll make is that it doesn't help that Padme ages about two years between Episode One and Episode Two, and Anakin ages about ten. <laughs> I'm like, let's yeah. let's. They should not have also. Done that. What? They hold on a not. second. That's weird, man. Yeah. <laughs> let's look at Natalie Portman today. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> she looks ex- I mean, I mean, she looks exactly I mean, yes. the same as she did. So, and she's she a does. genius. 
Yeah, she's, she's like four degrees. She's like a Harvard grad. Yeah. Yeah, Natalie Portman, good. Yeah. <laughs> Portman, now I'm going to be a big mouth creeper. I'm yeah, right? be my yeah, let's, let's all creep on Natalie Portman. I'll be, I'll as soon as I blog. said that, every nerd that's listening to this will immediately grab their photo. So and, everyone. Hey, Google. Yeah. <laughs> hey, really, what does Natalie Portman look like today? What does Natalie Portman look like today? She's 38 years young, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's fine. So... <laughs> <laughs> Younger than B. Arthur was in Christmas <laughs> special. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Uh, so I cannot believe that's not on our illegal Plex server. I really can't. The holiday special? Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to talk to Brandon about that. No, no, no names, no names. We'll Holly have to talk to uh, Brandon about that. <laughs> Oh, he has it on a bootleg DVD, so I'll watch it there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. I think I, think I, I watched... have it on. Oh, I think I have it on DVD. On DVD? I watched it on YouTube one time. It's like a. It's the, just a burnt, time it's I, just a burnt disc with it. like a Sharpie written across this holiday <laughs> That's exactly special. what I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like one of my favorite. Uh, that's like one of my favorite mo- um, moments from the uh, the that Weird Al, the white and nerdy. Oh, the video. Hey, hey, Mr. Anakin guy. No. Was that's, it, a that, great, yeah, that's a great song. No, no, it was in the video. I think it was in the white and nerdy video where there's a there's a there's a scene in that video where he's like smuggling a copy of the of the holiday special in like a brown bag or something. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I he's hope like so, he like so he's much. like he's he's like making like some shady drug deal kind of thing, but it's, it's the holiday special. <laughs> uh, I mean, the holiday special is so good, but I mean, backstroke in the West also just amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the gift that keeps on giving. Like the fact the opening crawl doesn't match the subtitles underneath. Yeah, you know you're in for a good ride. Yeah, yeah. So the other great thing about Clone Wars is uh, Ahsoka. Ahsoka is also a phenomenal character. She is. Yeah, yeah, I wish she was somewhere involved in the movies. Uh, yeah. To see such a major character, not even. Well, and then she. Yeah, I mean, she does cross over into the Rebels cartoon show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that. she could theoretically still be alive. And yeah, and seeing as how this episode nine seems like it's going to be a, a, a getting the gang back together uh, movie. Yeah, um, I feel like Hero's going to Hero will be there because they put the ghost in. <coughs> well, there. they show the ghost. I mean, that's either Hera or or it's uh, Hera and Kanan's or Hera and Kanan's son. Um, I didn't know that was a thing, but yeah. Whoa, a, that's a spoiler. Oh yeah, what from Rebels? Yeah, that's from Rebels. That's that show's been over for a couple years now, but it's fine. Um. So, anyways, one I mean, last bit last of, of Star Wars no, sort of uh, cornucopia. So, there's the backstroke of the West, which I've already talked about how funny that is. There's the holiday special, which you know is legendary for how bad it is. But there's yeah. one other thing that I should try to find somewhere in post because no one else will be able to find it. My friend Greg who taught us all how to play Star Wars CCG back in the day and used to run the tournaments and is yeah. generally an amazing human being. Yeah. Him and his friends used to do something at Dragon Con. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been to Yeah, this was you, fantastic. Have you been to one of I've these? Been to, yeah, I've been to it. It was impossible to get into these some years. Yeah, yeah. We back got in, in because day, we knew Greg. What's up? We got in because we knew Greg. But I couldn't get my brother in because he didn't have a ticket yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember the one year he got there he on Friday pe- at like 8 o'clock and yeah, like yeah. couldn't get a badge, so he couldn't get into this, and he was mad. Yeah. We got into Death Clock, and it was fun. Yeah. But anyway, they used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 
Star Wars, where they would take one of the Star Wars movies and they would sit there at the front of this panel room and they would do Mystery Science Theater to the movie while they played it. Yeah. And it was one of the funniest things I have ever heard it, it in my was entire fan, life. It was fantastic. I think I think I I think I saw Revenge of the Sith. The one I saw that I remember specifically was like a joke we tell all the time because we saw Empire Strikes Back, which Carlos is about yeah. to watch. And Carlos, when you watch it this week, I want you to think of this when you're watching it. So in the moment where Luke's hanging below Cloud City, right? Okay. And Leia has the epiphany. She's like, you know, we need to go back or whatever, right? She's like, look over there. That's Luke. The line that they used in Mystery Science Theater was literally my friend Greg sitting there to watch the movie. She's like, oh, look, there's Luke. He's like... No, nah, that ain't Luke. Luke's got two hands. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember dying laughing so bad when he said that. Oh, God. When they did when they did a new Hope, it was great. He was like, Uncle Owen, Uncle Owen, are we having ribs? He's his charred carcass. <laughs> and he's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, that was a fantastic Dragon Con, Dragon Con tradition oh there for a while. Oh, my God. They were so I funny. I gotta see if I could find the video. Like, I'd love to make those famous again, like, 15 years later, but like, by the way, Greg, we'd love to post these on the internet so you can become internet famous for what has got to be one of the funniest things ever. Because, like, literally, it was, like, standing room only in, like, a panel room yeah. at Dragon Con just to watch these guys do this, and they were just crushing it. Yeah, they would have, a, yeah, every year it would have, like, a massive line, and, and, like, a bunch of people wouldn't get in. And but we knew Greg because we, we played Star Wars cards at his yeah. card shop here in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, we knew Greg, so we'd get in, but it was, uh, it was, always, a, it was always a packed house. I love when like R2 and another New Hope one's like R2 runs into 3PO on Cloud City and 3PO's like run into me one more time I got something for your ass like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's good oh, stuff that's great alright well we ready to uh, close this out I think we are this has actually been a great episode I've had a great time we yeah. talked about Star Wars and I got off on tangents and we did some X-Wing stuff earlier yes we talked about like tournaments and things we covered where, things yeah there were results we things. accomplished things so the uh, uh, any 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 shout outs uh, anything uh, any last words? Shout out to Steve for getting tickets for Star Wars next week. Thank oh, you, Steve. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much, sir. Yeah. Uh, Do we get tickets for the second showing yet? No, but I will. I will get those. Carlos, generally soon. speaking, we go to the seven o'clock show with all the family, and we get a whole row, and then we go to the bar for a couple hours, then we go to the rowdy, then the rowdy midnight or show. midnight show, and nice. usually like pass out somewhere. <laughs> I do generally fall asleep. I, feel I so think terrible. I fell asleep last time too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. that sounds fun. I wish it, I could. Uh, I wish I could have been out there with you guys, but yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. a pretty good time. Like, I was like, ah, yeah, that's like know, I, I caught wait. glimpses. My thing. All, all I have to do is I make sure shit. I don't I don't know if you guys heard, but apparently uh, the script got leaked and all that shit. So yeah, apparently John Boyega careful left underneath his bed to the clean lady found it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but no, I uh, usually avoid the internet like the plague. Uh, me too. Not because of Star Wars though. <laughs> um, so you guys will not hear from me on that day uh, until after I get out of the theater. Yeah. Uh, no Fair Facebook, enough. no Messenger. Yeah. No nothing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll Sounds be like at every the, day in my world. We'll All be right. at the seven o'clock showing. So we go to the seven. And like I said, we usually bugger off to the bar for a couple hours, then yeah. go back for the twelve o'clock show. You can. It's our great tradition. Mm-hmm. So of of uh, of of Star of the new Star Wars movies. It's been fun. It has been good. It's been good. <clears throat> so yeah, we will we will do that again, for sure. Carlos, you got any any uh, any anything you want to shout out? 
Uh, no real shoutouts. Uh, just uh, glad to do another episode. Glad to hang out with you guys one more week. Yeah. Faux show. Yes. Faux show. Um, I just want to... Very exciting times for Star Wars. Uh, oh, yeah. Right oh, good times. Yeah. We actually yeah, did this whole I mean, episode. We didn't we talk got... about like new Mandalorian episodes, which have been freaking great. Yeah, there's so yeah. many things. I mean, Imperial Assault, the television show. Yeah. And <laughs> Disney Plus, and episode nine. And I I am hoping on getting Jedi Fallen Order for Christmas. Yeah. Um, I, I, know, so, uh, I know my son is going to be that. getting it for Christmas, so I'll be playing it. So that means you'll oh, be Very nice, very yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> So we can play yeah, so, it together <laughs> while I hold the controller. I hear it's good. I hear it's really, really good. Yeah. Um, so definitely excited to try that out. Well, I really have to piece. So we should do this. Okay. Ready? Dials down. Dials down. Bottoms, Bottoms up. up.